Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Now all together. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The good news of Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks, Sunny. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, the Kim family. Wow, just so beautiful. You guys are such a gift to us, each one of you. Thank you so much. On this Thanksgiving Day, I'm so full of gratitude. If I started, if I started my list, we would be here a very long time. Even just my walk this morning, the colors, this beautiful morning, thinking of each of you. Uh, just I'm just full of gratitude. Uh, and this this story, uh, you know, is starts even though it's a story about Thanksgiving, it's not a it's not a gratitude platitude story. You know what I mean? You ever hear those gratitude platitudes where it's just kind of shallow, it kind of rings, doesn't ring true. It actually begins in lament. It bring it begins in in pain. It says these 10 lepers are in the borderlands. They're between Samaria and Galilee. You know what the borderlands are? Has anybody ever been there? The borderlands are where you're kind of between two places and you don't belong in either place. I remember in 2016, one of my classmates from Regent College, David Wang, he's an American Asian. And it was after the American election and the president-elect, and he became aware that most white evangelicals had voted for this president. And he said, I don't feel like I have a home anymore. I remember he posted that. I have this, I don't have a homeland. I feel like I don't belong anywhere spiritually. Do you feel like, like that today? Have you gone through that? So this story begins in lament. It begins in pain. It, I don't know of any worse news than that you've become a leper. Because you're not only a physical leper, you're a social leper. You No more Thanksgiving dinners with your family. No more birthdays together. No more Christmas. No more spouse if you're married or children, if you have kids. No more friends and family. You are actually consigned to a garbage dump. We're like a, a vulture. You have to scavenge just to survive. So it's a horrible, it was a horrible existence. They were marginalized. And then how about when you're double marginalized? There's nothing worse. If there's anything worse than being a, a leper, it's being a Samaritan leper. That's double marginalized. And so <clears throat> uh, these guys come and they, it starts in lament. Jesus, have mercy on us. I, play, I pray that every day. It's a good prayer to pray. The Jesus prayer of the Eastern Orthodox, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's a good place to start, isn't it? In the mercy of God. 
So that's where they started. They cried out, but they stood at a distance. Have you ever felt like that? That you won't help, but you you feel distanced. You, it's still that borderland, that place in the margin. And Jesus said, it's okay. Don't stress. Go show yourself to the priest, which was the standard way for a leper to, to determine officially that they were healed because it was so risky. You know, it was worse than COVID. You didn't, it was worse than the COVID test. You had to take the leper test and be certified to be able to go to the, the football game or whatever it was. And so these guys, as they're going to, and by the way, this was very extensive. It was like a week long or longer. It was like really intense. It's not like some little, oh, you're fine. Off you go. No, it was, it was come back, check again, come back, check again. If you read the book of Leviticus, you'll appreciate that. Very intense. And, and so, so they're, they're going in, in, out of a place of grief, but I also hope. And I love, by the way, Wade's announcement for his, his DJ kilt. I don't know if it's, we should call it DJ kilt, but the 28th, the event we're doing here, that is uh, hope and lament all mixed in. And I'm wearing my orange shirt today. Um, Friday night, I wore it. Scott and Kim took us out to the ball game. And it was my lion shirt and my orange shirt combined. And today I'm combining it with Thanksgiving to let you know that there's grief and Thanksgiving that go together. And I'm grieving today along with Francis and Kathleen at the passing of Isaiah Jacesta. He was the youngest of the Jacesta family, uh, another child, uh, a First Nations child, 21 years old now. Uh, but I would say, I don't know if it's fair to say this, Sini, but I think that if it wasn't for a residential school, this wouldn't have happened, even though it's kind of repercussions down. So this was a dear, fam dear family we know in Lower Post. They're related to Sini. And uh, we heard that he was missing on Wednesday and uh, heard yesterday that he had been found passed in Whitehurst. So Isaiah Jacesta, can we just stop for a moment and remember him? So we just speak Isaiah's name, Isaiah Jacesta. We say that he matters. Lord, and we say that his family matters. We hold them, Steve and Elaine, William, Wesley, Cassia, uh, Camille, and uh, Josiah, and Chelsea, this beautiful family, but still devastated by the the impacts of residential school and abuse, still carrying those pain, that pain, those scars. And beyond their extended family to see me here today. And Lord, we we just hold them in our hearts. We weep with them. And we say they're not alone in their grief. Lord have mercy. That family has sung here in our church. Um, so there's a long story. 
long story, going back to the first time we visited Lower Post. Um, yeah. So don't see uh, grief and loss and lament as, as contradictory to Thanksgiving. It's not, it's not either or. It, it, we hold both, right? In, 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 in tension and they're, they're there. Um, and these lepers, as they're going, be, they begin to discover their skin is being cleansed. They begin to see that even on the way to the priest, they're being healed to the point where they're convinced they are healed. And at some point, the Samaritan says, oh my gosh, it's going to be a week before I have a chance to do this. He bolts right back. You, you wonder why the other nine didn't. Maybe they just felt like they had a lot of stuff to get done. They had a to-do list. They wanted to get back with their family. I'm not sure. And you know, by the time you do your your five, 10 day cleansing ceremony, how many know, how many know we have short, grateful memories? Don't we? We really do. Who was I talking to? Scott the other day. You know, just just life goes on, you know, and we so easily forget, right? So this guy didn't want to forget, and he goes back to Jesus. And it says with a loud voice, he was a Pentecostal here. He gave thanks and he fell at Jesus' feet. And Jesus, and he's and he gave thanks. And so, so Jesus gives this little thing about where are the other nine, of course. But then he says, get up. And the and the Greek is resurrection. The Greek is is the same word as rise, rise from the dead. In other words, your gratitude has opened the door into a new realm, a new kingdom, a new reality. Um, your faith has made you whole. Now, were the other guys healed? Of course. But there was something about the, the gratitude piece that gave him entrance into another order, another realm. So um, before we eat, just to lead into grace, I want to tell you one gratitude story. And this is, this is to kind of prompt you for your sharing it's 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 sometimes really fun to be a pastor. And this week, Wednesday morning, I had hospital visitation, so I was going over to Banfield Center near VGH to see Liz, to see Barb, who we're not able to see very often. And uh, just just as I went out the door, I got. I got some news. I don't know if I read the bulletin and saw the September financial totals or what it was, but I got some news that just made me feel like just a heaviness. I felt so down. Uh, you know, we talk about consolation and desolation. And I saw our financial totals for September and it was just way below what we needed. And I just went, oh, God. Now, I've lived in this life long enough to, know, to tell you that a lack of finances is not necessarily a desolation because often it drives you to God. That's a consolation, right? Improves your prayer life. But so it wasn't, it wasn't the physicality of a lack of finance for me. What I was being impacted was, was this feeling of scarcity, the other kingdom. That's where I felt I was being pulled into. What am I going to do? What are we going to do? I was feeling this on the way to the hospital. Now, that's not a good place to be when you walk in to visit people, right? So I visit, had a great visit with both of them. You have to wear masks again. It was a bit of a bummer, but it was a, it was a beautiful connection. So I visited Liz first, 
And then I walked in to see Barb. And Barbara is an indigenous uh, residential school survivor from the prairie. She's Cree, First Nations. She, she kind of went to residential school in Lloydminster, Alberta, Saskatchewan. I say Alberta, Saskatchewan because it's kind of split right down the middle, the border. And uh, she had a stroke. So whenever I walk in, she's in this wheelchair. And she's sitting by her bed. This never fails. She's always like this. She's sitting in her wheelchair by her bed, facing her nightstand, which is kind of doubles as a desk and a dresser. So I walked in, give her a big hug, you know, and we connect. And she's she's always so happy to see me, or at least she's or she's a good actor. Um, but we always have this great, great connection. But after a few minutes, she says, and she talks quite slow because of the stroke. She said, Gordy, can you reach into my my drawer and so I and get my wallet so I said to her I can't see it she said you have to reach farther it's way at the back so here I am kind of up to my neck in her drawer trying to find and I felt really self-conscious okay here's a pastor visiting a widow and he's reaching into the back of her drawer for her wallet right and she's sitting here so I said, oh, Jesus, please, no staff come in now, please. So I reached back, found the wallet, pulled it out. She says, open it, please. So I opened it, and she said, take out the cash. I said, well, how much? And she said, all of it. And she said, I want you to put that in the offering for the church. That's my tithe. So I... I said to her, are you sure, Barb? There's nothing left in here. I said, you don't have to do this. You know that. She gave me that look that only indigenous people can give you. She looked right at me and right through me with those eyes. And she said, I want to do this. And I just... Reflecting on that over the last few days, I can't reflect and I'm without just having this big lump in my throat. And at, it, it was like I moved back from that other kingdom into the kingdom of abundance. From scarcity to abundance. And I just began to give thanks, not only for Barbara's widow's might, and by the way, as I as I was talking to her, I heard the words, she gave more than them all, for she gave all that she had. And the Lord said to me, as long as you have those widows who are investing in my kingdom, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I must say that as I went back home, I was filled with gratitude. And I thought, Okay, our giving total was 7,400 or whatever it was in September. For this motley crew, that's incredible. That's incredible. Like, I was just so grateful for God's abundance and God's blessing. And, and you know, this is nothing compared to the years we've been through where it's been so scary, right? But it was just, Thanksgiving was just this reminder of the kingdom that we're in. We're in a kingdom of abundance. Don't live into the kingdom of scarcity. 
live into the kingdom of abundance, the spirit of generosity, provision, and abundance. That's the kingdom we're in. And it, it, it's not up there. It's not over there. It's among us. It's here. So, dear ones, I'm going to, with that, I'm going to lead that. I'm leading us into uh, grace, so Thanksgiving, a prayer of Thanksgiving so we can eat. And, ooh, I'm only one minute late. That's a miracle. Uh, give thanks for that. Um, yeah, and and just in your table conversations, you know, talk, if 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 it if it flows well, talk talk about maybe similar consolation desolation types of Thanksgivings for you. I read Joanna's beautiful post. I I mean I I can't think of anything more heartrending to have to be showing your house on Thanksgiving weekend. Like that's a desolation. That's a that's a lament. But in Joanna's post. She was she was saying, if this is the last Thanksgiving in our house, we're gonna we're just gonna do it with all our hearts. You know? I thought, how beautiful. And that's what I mean. Maybe there's these points where desolation is meeting consolation, and we're sowing, sowing good seed, even if it's in tears. Right? Sini, would you like to come and give thanks? We're gonna give thanks for the meal. And thanks, I'm so grateful for this amazing spread. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So good. I always joke and say our church is the opposite of the feeding of the 5,000. We have enough for 5,000 and we have about five people. That's how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, Creator God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you for today. In our language, we say madu. Madu in our Taltan language is thank you. Our hearts are grateful for our time together. I ask that you bless each family, Father, and keep your family safe, Lord God. Father, our time on this earth is short. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're at work. Nothing is impossible with you. We give you the praise and the glory for today. We ask that you bless the hands that brought the food. Bless the food to our bodies, Lord God. And we thank you again, Madhu, 